All right, good morning, church. Good morning. We are glad to see you all could brave the winter weather out there to be with us this morning. So regardless of what the weather is doing outside, our Savior is alive today after dying on the cross for our sins. So it's a great day to worship him. Would you worship as with us as we sing God of Wonders?
today that you are a good father to us. Lord, not only did you create us out of your love and grace and your creativity, Father, but then when we ran away from you, became your enemies, you loved us to send your son to die on the cross for our sins, Lord, and we have been changed by that love. And Lord, we are so grateful as your children to be gathered here to hear your word. God, we pray that our hearts and minds would be changed today because we have met with the king, our father in heaven who is a God of wonders. Father, we recognize you this morning as sovereign. Lord, be with your word in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, church. It is grateful. We are grateful to be here today, to be able to meet once again like we are. We want to welcome those that are also by Facebook watching this morning. In fact, um, I was talking with Nick Bailey this morning, and I told him I would give Nick and the family a shout-out. So if we all could kind of turn and wave at the camera, and uh, this is us welcoming Nick, uh, Emily, Anna's probably stretching for to do a theatrical movement known as dance. Uh, Ellie's probably knitting something, and Lincoln's probably looking for trouble. So... Uh, we do miss that family when they are uh, when they're not able to be here. But we are grateful that in 2021, that even though we things are different. I mean, I'm this is a, I'm in an echo chamber right now. You've heard this before. If this had happened, this pandemic had happened a couple years ago, uh, decades ago. Let's go one or two decades ago. We would not have the means that we have to be connected the way we are today. So. Uh, we are grateful for uh, technology when it works. Uh, we are very grateful for technology. So 
Also, as you've noticed this morning, even through our prayer line just this morning, that we have a lot going on in our church, our church body, each other. That's the people, right? Remember that? The church is each other, the people um, that's called out by him. So uh, be thoughtful, mindful. There's so many people that we need to be, make sure you're faithful and diligently uh, praying for, thinking about. People have been asking me, and I've been the best I can keep you up to date as well. But we don't know a lot more on, like, Chuck Eckert. He passed out this morning. We just, I don't, Pastor Roger and I are, when we get more information, we'll, we'll share. So, uh, but, you know, this morning, we want to make sure that we give our proper focus and attention. What is worship? It's giving the God, our Lord, our focused attention. Have you ever been talking to somebody and not had their full attention? Husbands, wives, parents, right? You're talking to somebody and they want all of your attention, but sometimes we don't give them all of ours. I am the uh, king of that uh, problem um, when it comes, what I just described there. When I'm talking to my wife, you're not listening and she'll say every word right back to me. Every word. Now, did she understand every word? I don't know, but she says every word right back to me. And, and yet she can tell me of, uh, I told you yesterday we're doing, no, you didn't. And sure enough, oh, she just walked in. So I better finish that story. Uh, but it is uh, when we come to meet like this, okay, we are coming to worship. That means let's give him our, our undivided, our focused attention to say, God, we recognize who you are. We recognize who we're not. So um, this, I, I want to share this by way of introduction this morning. And then we'll be turning in our Bibles to the book of James chapter 1. So if you want to start thumbing there, James chapter 1, that'd be great. Um, but listen to this observation of, of myself of our churches uh, in, in, in the current years. My observation is that it's sometimes fashionable for churches to criticize or pressure other people, other Christians, other churches into who or what they think you should be or do. It's even worse when pastors or leadership of a church does it to its own members. And, um, you know, I remember years ago, there's an old saying that goes, you're preaching to the choir, right? I can, I can get up here and pound the pulpit about sin and the damaging effects of sin. Well, you know, you're here, <laughs> right? So we, we want to be careful that we don't just, um, uh, that is not the goal and the intent. The goal and the intent of, of teaching and preaching and revealing sin in our life is so that we can be made whole. Hey, here's the ameners. Come on. That's so that we can be made whole. We can be forgiven. His, we invite his grace into our lives. But we can't do that until we recognize sin, turn from it, and let him do a work in our hearts, in our minds, and in our lives. Our goal, Cross Point Baptist Church, one of our goals, is to be well-pleasing to our Lord. Remembering that we are a broken people as well. This church never claimed to be perfect. In fact, we can't even claim to be good. But we can claim to be forgiven. 
We're a forgiven people. Now, because of our forgiven state through the cross, we come together attempting to accomplish his intentions. That's the introduction I want you to grab today. It's about God's agenda, not our agenda. It's about God's agenda, not everything else going on in our country or world. Uh, that, those are secondary when it, it's uh, it held in light to God's kingdom. The kingdom, that, it's, that's his agenda. But unfortunately, sometimes people just hear what they want to hear. They see what they want to see, and they believe what they want to believe. I want to um, take a moment and um, pause from that, and then we're going to get right to the book of James. Um, I usually don't like to single people out, but I noticed that Brenda Demerit is here today. Uh, got to talk with her the other day. Very grateful that you're here, and uh, our hearts are with you. If you need anything at all, let us know. And um, as, um, of course, Russ is in the hospital, we're very grateful that you're here. You come to a good place today. Receive the love. Receive it. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, we're going to pick up in verse 21. Here is why. This, this month is a human trafficking awareness month. And as you know, most of you have been here for all three weeks. We have a lot of people that are watching Facebook Live because of uh, that's uh, their comfort level. That's fine. And um, the first week we brought awareness. So I asked Molly Writings uh, then to come up and just kind of get us introduced. And it was uh, good. Many of you have chimed back to me going, I did not know that that's what that meant, human trafficking. And, and then last week, we talked about the answers, okay? The um, uh, answers not on why it's happening. We know why it's happening. But we also pointed out that this is a very serious and it's at a, it's, it's always been, by the way, an epidemic level. It's, it's, this thing has been, we, we went to the Bible and showed you how that it's, it's, kind of, it's always been. But that's not God's intentions. That was last week. This week we want to share the action. So we had, oh, um, uh, what was the first day? Awareness, sorry. Awareness, answers. This week is action, okay? Now, I, I read that by way of an introduction just a moment ago to say this. Last week was intense. That was just intense Stuff. Today's not as intense. It is inform it's information that we need. But the scripture we're getting ready to look at right now can be convicting. If it is convicting to you, that, good, let's, let's do something with that. But it also is a scripture that everyone, every time we open the word, we can see, hold up our life to that light of the word. Does it, is, am I fulfilled in uh, fulfilling what that scripture says, okay? So James chapter 1 and verse 21, and we're going to go down to verse 27, but we're going to start with just verse 21. He says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now, who is James writing to? He's writing to believers, Right? He's writing to the other Christians. These, this isn't 
uh, um, necessarily applicable to the outside world. Why? Because they're not regenerated. They're, they're not believers. So he says, therefore, lay aside. By the way, the word therefore is, is continuing something. What is he talking about? What is he continuing the thought? What is it therefore? Well, he's talking about uh, in, in, in the verse for, per, verses prior to that, he talks about how that God is always up to something in the believer's life. If you're a believer today, you don't have to panic and say, God left me. If you're a genuine believer, his word says he will not leave you. Oh, but I'm afraid I'm leaving God. Well, now that's another story. But he said, his word says, I will not leave you. So you don't have to worry. He's always up to something in verses 1 through 11, 12, and following. He talks about these things that happen in our life, these trials that happen. And, and there's some good theology there as well. It, it explains who God is and, and a little bit of how he functions and how he works. He talks about the good gifts in verse 17. Verse 19, he's given us some great, because of all that, be what? Look, look, how, look how that reads. That um, in verse 19, be, uh, every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Be quick to hear. Active listening, but slow to speak. We're the opposite, aren't we? We're quick to speak, slow to listen. And then we get pick up verse 21. He's saying, because of all that, he's saying, I want you to lay aside all filthiness and overflow. Of Put that aside, Christian, believer. Push that aside. Why? Well, he tells you in verse 20, the end of it, that uh, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So when we hear about these problems in our world, don't always think that's a world problem. That's a their problem. We discovered over the last couple weeks it's an our problem because when we take on the mindset, when you, when you hear a lie uh, enough, you start to believe it. Now, that's not a Bible scripture. That's a Miyagi thing from um, Karate Kid. When you, when you hear a lie enough and you over and over, you tend to take it on. You tend to think, well, maybe there's something to it. And you just kind of adjust your life to it. Not all the time, but sometimes we have to guard that. But he's saying, lay all the filth, uh, filthiness, the overflow of wickedness, lay that stuff aside. That's why it is so important that you're connected to the word of God. Because the word of God does not lie. We've discovered over the last two weeks it's a real book. And our Wednesday night studies, man, I am loving our Wednesday night study of the book of John. It makes you deal with, there's going to be some stuff coming up in the book of John that's kind of uncomfortable. But it's in there. Why? Because it's a real book. Identifies real problems, gives real answers, and grace and forgiveness. Not just answers. This isn't an academic exercise. This is a life book. Please do not approach the book. Speaking to the believer again today. Please do not approach the book as that's a law. Sometimes we hear that word law and we think that's God trying to be the killjoy. Don't dare violate. The law is him saying this is sin. Sin will hurt you. Don't go there. But he, it's not just a book of law because he gives a book of life. He gives the, the antidote. He gives the opposite. Okay, so he, he's in the back part of verse 21. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. 
the implanted word, the word that is embedded in, implanted word, this word into the believer's life from the day you became a, a, a genuine believer. Now, I'm not saying all the word was planted, but the word was planted in your life. What do you do with that? Are you cultivating and letting that grow and germinate and grow, that implanted word? Or are you stifled? Are you not doing the work? Okay? So that is uh, a word that I don't want you to just simply peruse over and overlook. The implanted word. Think about that. It's yet another proof that God said, I will not leave you. He's there. His word is there. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So he said, here's the word, lay, it, lay all those other things aside, take that implanted word and let that word grow. The more you read this life book, the more that life is going to uh, desire to grow, the more the Holy Spirit's going to take that word that you're reading and he'll be the watering, he'll be the, the whole growth process, but then you get to do. It's not enough to come sit and soak. You can't just sit and soak. You got to do. Be a doer of the word and not hearers only. And by the way, he's setting you up for one word that you're going to come across in verse 27, 26 and 27. And the word is religion. That's the word he's, he's building up to that word religion in verse 26 and 27. How do we know that? Because... He's going to tell us that word religion in 26 and 27 is he's, he's using that word to refer to the outside um, traditions and things that we do that look very religious. But if not done with a pure heart, it's phony. So he says that be a doer of the word, not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. How many of you know that more things are caught than taught? We, we see it done, and then we believe, and we see, and we watch. We see it in character. We see it in people. We see it in our children. We tend to talk and not do. He's saying, do, be slow to talk. If anyone is a hearer, in verse 23, of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. Verse 24, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Now, we're talking about an hour uh, this illustration that we look at ourselves in a mirror. Perhaps you did that this morning and had everything just right. I've seen, um, well, I've done this uh, just this morning. I got a new shirt on. I'm all happy about this shirt, but it wasn't just tucking just right. It had to tuck a certain way and look just a certain way. I was in front of that mirror over and over again trying to tuck that thing. It's got, and you can't see how I got it tucked in anyways. What, what is wrong with us as a people? You ever notice? We do some peculiar things sometimes. But it had to be just right, okay? But if we look in that mirror and, and, and it's not right, or, or if we see what we want to see sometimes, and it's not right and move on, right? It's not the accomplished goal. When we hold up the word of God in our life, if anyone is a hearer and not a doer of the what? Of the word. Say word. The word. When we hold our life up to the mirror of the word and we don't make that adjustment or we don't do, look at what he says. It's like that illustration. You forget what kind of person you were. You forget what kind of person you are. 
God is always up to something. The Holy Spirit is always up to something in the believer's life. Jesus Christ is always up to something in the believer's life. I just thought of another illustration on that word implanted. I love that word, implanted word. I use the illustration of the seed and the growing, but here's another one. Many of you in here have served in the military, are serving even now, that... In fact, we've had two just in the last year ago that um, sometimes in, in the training, training or in real life, you are embedded, you're implanted, right? You are deep for a strategic purpose. The word of God is implanted for a purpose to accomplish an ends, to accomplish a goal. Please do not just use this Bible for a Bible academia drill. It's not what it is for. It's a book of life. All right, let's get into it. So, verse 25. But he who looks, in, looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So, he gives you, in verse 25, the exact conclusion of what needs to happen when you look into this life book and you see the liberty and the freedom that's there and you continue in it and and you're not a forgetful here you don't just listen on a sunday and do your time and get out of there you're studying you're you're chasing that relationship with him through his word and you don't forget what you hear and then you start doing the work sometimes people hear that word work and think that's the forbidden four-letter word Work is a good thing. It's a healthy thing, especially in our spiritual lives. This one will be blessed in what he does. Verse 26, if anyone among you thinks he is religious. Now, here's that word that he was setting us up for just verses earlier. That word that he uses there for religious is not the one, the person of the heart, but the person on the exterior form and function you know you know what time you're supposed to be here you know when to stand up sit down all those things okay that's what he's referring to here not the per the inner man the inner person he's referring to the outward appearance if anyone amongst you think thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart this one's religion is useless it's useless. Now, I just shared, and you agreed with me, that more things are caught than taught. But there's, there's the rub of the whole thing, is if more things are caught than taught, and, and we're watching, people are watching you come to church. They're watching you do these things, right? So you think, well, yeah, they're watching me. That's a good thing, right? I think that what he's saying here is more, there's some, they're, what they're going to catch is your external things, but not the person of the heart. We want people to catch the person of the heart, the person that's been regenerated, born again, a new life, and it shows. So he says that if, um, uh, if anyone among you thinks you are religious, but you do not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. It'll show. It'll show. Hopefully it shows to you before it shows to others. Verse 27 Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. Now, notice it says before who? 
God, our Father, not before each other. Before each other, that's the easy one. That's the easiest one to fake. We can fake that one and get away with it. But being in, religiously being impressed with each other doesn't amount to anything at all, other than a pat on the back, other than an accolade now, that's that, and that was the, the peak of that reward. All that matters, as we shared on Wednesday night as well, for the believer is what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says about us at the Bema Seat of Christ. Pure, undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. The outward extension of what's going on on the inside. And look at the two examples he gives. It's to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. And to keep oneself unspotted from the world. He uses the example of widows and orphans. Why those two? Now, he could have used others as an example. In the church, there are many people that could have fit in here. But why those two? Well, especially in that culture, the widows and the orphans, they have nothing to give back. It's going to cost you something to minister in that day and age, especially in that day and age, to an orphan and a widow. Now, this isn't a command just to only minister to orphans and only widows. That is, that's not the point. And it dovetails perfectly for what we are wanting to accomplish today. The action when we talk about human trafficking. What can we do? What should we do? What does it look like? You can easily, uh, because those are illustrations, orphans and widows, put in the word homeless. Human trafficked labor traffic, on and on. And to show you how applicable this is, how timely this is, yesterday, USA Today, not the paper that I typically read, in fact, I don't know anybody even reads a paper anymore, but the headline came across from USA Today that there were 33 children found in California by the FBI that are, were being trafficked. There's many, many more. Many more. Action. What, can, what, what do we do? What can we do? We, as a church leadership, and also as a church body, and I will say even as your pastor, I am aware that we cannot own every cultural sin issue in our country more specifically in our state or in our county. I'm aware of that. We can't own everyone. And I, and you know my personality, I tend to want to own everyone. We are, but we are responsible for our community. So what can we do? I have it down to two areas I want us to consider. In just a moment, I'm gonna invite Molly up here again and she and I will uh, do a little, little bit of a Q&A to help us get where we wanna go. What can we do personally? What can we do corporately? Now, I don't want you to panic. I'm not setting you up for this is what you're going to do. I do not have the authority from God to tell you what to do. I can lead, guide, and direct. I can authoritatively take the word of God and preach it and teach it. But the decisions are yours. Personally, simply, what can we do? What can you do? Here's the Basic, uh, some of the surface level, 
when you come across people that are in this situation, that are in um, sinful lifestyles, they're in human trafficking, they're in prostitution, they're in all these things, don't just have a, don't just sympathize, empathize. Don't just have sympathy and go, isn't that a shame? Don't be afraid to, to, to address and talk to somebody. Befriend them. If I'm reading the red letters right, that's what Jesus did. What can we do corporately? Well, there's a plethora of ideas that we can have. But as we uh, attempt to put our, our hearts and our minds around this topic, and, and you may think, I just, man, this week needs to be over, this month needs to be over, and we can, because Valentine's Day will come up and he'll preach on love, and that'll be great. Let's get off this one. Let's get off this topic. This is a topic that will, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show itself. It's going to show itself in your life. You can ignore it, but are we going to be people of pure religion or people of just the exterior signs of religion? So what I've done is I have asked uh, Molly, if you would come up at this time, we are going to talk about prevention, intervention, and recovery. What do we do? This is the action, okay? You, if you're a note taker, this is great for you um, to a good time to take notes, if you will. I've asked Molly to kind of come up. We're going to just kind of take these three apart um, and uh, let her, again, this is Molly has, this is her area of expertise. Uh, you've heard me read her uh, credentials by way of schooling and her master's program and all these in social work. So very grateful for opening our eyes. Many of our church body have uh, said just that um, at, at, at one level. But the other level is understanding that there is biblical answers, not just we have a problem, let's throw money at it, which is typically what a government tends to do. If we throw money at a problem, it'll all go away. In fact, that sometimes makes it worse. But uh, let's talk first about um, uh, prevention, okay? I've asked Molly, what are our action steps? And she said, well, these are the action steps that we have. Prevention, intervention, and recovery. So if you would, for a moment, just talk about prevention. All right. So prevention starts with the family. Um, prevention is the most easy one I think everyone can have a part of. Um, so I want to speak to the parents real quick of don't be terrified. Um, I know with all that information, it can be terrifying as a parent um, with, of two girls. I know I can be overprotective. Um, you don't have to be scared. Just educate your kids and um, more than anything, they need to know that they are loved and reducing that vulnerability. Again, as we talked about, it, traffickers target vulnerabilities and that need for love if they don't feel that, that is the, the biggest vulnerability that there is. So providing that, letting them know that they are loved by you unconditionally and then by God, that God is the one who fills the voids, no one else can. Um, and also, as a parent, uh, something I've learned personally as a parent, Jesus Christ already died. I am not my kid's savior. Mm. You are not your kid's savior. And kids are gonna make dumb decisions. Um, it, that humans make dumb decisions, that's because we're human. Um, we sin, and it's not because you failed or didn't do the right thing. Um, you can't, 
I just want to emphasize that you are not responsible for the sin of other people in this world. Um, so don't be terrified, but we are definitely going to talk more about how to maybe help kids. Let's do that now. So um, what, and, and this is up to you. Your response to me will tell us where we go. But on that very topic of prevention, we are kind of getting ahead of it, at least in our church, at least in our, the people that will listen, even people on Facebook. You contact me, but an idea that we have is to offer a workshop on an honest talk about the talk. You know what I mean by the talk, right? An honest talk about the talk. You, if you think that's a good idea, we have that workshop on a Saturday or something like that. A lot of parents just don't know how to address it. How do we, what do we do? How, this is a, um, they'll figure it out. No, you do not want them to figure it out. If you don't instruct and teach and lovingly show your kids about what we're talking about in intimacy, somebody will. Hello? Somebody will. So that is on prevention. That is one level of prevention that we are offering we're not going to have it until we get the right response. We want to make sure we have that response. Uh, very important for us to be preventative. Many of you in your personal life, you do a lot of things to prevent things from happening. You take vitamins, you, uh, you take care of your health, your body, and all these things financially. You take care of that. Why? Because in case something happens or when it's going to happen. Same thing in the spiritual world, same thing in our rearing children as well. Anything under, else under prevention? Don't forget to pray. Pray for your kids. Pray for wisdom. Um, pray for others' kids. Um, and again, teaching your kids the truth, because um, this is not a truth that the world recognizes. Your kids can then be a light in their schools and their friends. and that, So prevention... It's a, it's a ripple effect. Good. Um, yeah. Yep, I like that. Don't forget to pray. You know, I'm going to give an old statistic. I read it years ago in a book. It's really old, but I still like it. Um, I don't know what it, if it applies today per se. I do not know the numbers. But we, knew, we know that in, uh, the divorce rate was at 50% at one point. Not exactly sure where it's at in 2021. But they did a survey, and a, a survey came out that... Uh, that, though that is the divorce rate, but the couple that prays together daily, the divorce rate was one to one, one to 1,500. One out of every 1,500 couples that pray together. So the importance of prayer cannot be over, uh, uh, understated or overemphasized enough. Anything else under prevention? Okay. Now we want to talk about intervention. How, what can we do personally? What do we do corporately? Intervention. Molly, talk, just talk us through intervention. So intervention would be the actually going out um, and helping individuals who are trafficked get out of that life. Um, this is up to each person individually how they would like to get involved. Um, there is a list of resources if you are interested in volunteering. Um, uh, there's places like Women of Alabaster, Scarlet Hope, uh, the Salvation Army, the YWCA. Homeless shelters are a part of intervention as well. But also I want to 
remind you that you are going to come across people who are being trafficked or victimized in some way in every field. Um, if you work in the medical field, I guarantee you have. People are more likely trafficking victims come to doctors before they ever come to me as a social worker. Um, we are actually very low on the list of who they reach out to. Um, so if you work in an emergency room, that, that is the number one place trafficking victims go to. Dennis was really high up on the list as well, believe it or not. Hey, let me just, let's Q&A here. Why is that? What, what's in your, that's your field. Why doctors and dentists? Why not social workers or pastors or churches? Why is that? ERs, um, because of injuries. Trauma. Um, trauma, yeah, from violence. Um, also, going to a dentist, it seems a lot less, um, well, you gotta go to the dentist, to the trafficker, um, because there is a level of freedom that victims have as far as to take care of themselves. Um, however, if you're reaching out to help, for help, if it sounds obvious, um, that's gonna sure. alarm the traffickers. Um, so medical professionals are where they're okay. gonna go to. You got more under interventions? Um, yeah, uh, just again, uh, another place to pray, praying for those in the industry. So praying for those um, being victimized. Uh, pray for conviction for those who are buying um, for the demand of, there's a reason why this industry exists and that's because there's a demand so pray for a conviction as for our culture um, and then pray for the conviction of traffickers so she had mentioned a list of resources we have the list right here they are on our offering box tie box in the back if you would like to grab one um, there are under hotlines there's three hotline numbers on there that you can call if you see something you call you know somebody you can call there are one, two, three um, local volunteer opportunities. You want to be able to go do something. This is something you can do. Um, they're on the list as well. Um, other resources, organizations that are on there. Um, I encourage, highly encourage you. We should have enough for everybody here. And then at the very bottom of it is books and documentaries on more information. A lot of books on there. Oh, my goodness. A, a lot. So... We want to get this in your hand. Here's something else. If you're like, I want to, hell, I just don't know. I'm nervous. I'm nervous on this one. What do I do? Call these numbers and say, hey, what's a way that, uh, what's a, what's a entry-level way that I can help? Or if you want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ, you got to get in the door. You got you to start somewhere. Now, we know of, Molly and I know of somebody that, uh, in fact, they were here just two weeks ago, that, um, is very involved in um, in uh, Scarlet's Cord, right? Yeah, Scarlet Hope, Scarlet Hope, Scarlet's Cord. So, um, the, and she will literally is one of the in intervention to this level that if somebody calls, she is able to go on the spot. She has that God has equipped her to be able to go into strip clubs to go on in the in the moment and minister and assist. In a way that you can. You may be thinking, I'm not, that's way beyond me. What we're talking about is the need is there. Just start with an entry level. What, what can you do personal? What are you willing to do personal? Uh, or you maybe think, man, I don't, but I, I would like to, how can I help call these numbers? Maybe you're able to give items or even make a, a donation to them. Um, there's all, it's an entry level is what I'm saying. Make sure you grab one of these.
intervention, anything else? Oh, I got one more I wanted to mention. You got anything else? Okay. Something that we can do corporately. Now, remember, I'm talking about things that we can do personally, things that we can do corporately. Again, the response, whether we do this or not, it's going to be up to you, your response to back to me personally, that we can start up our food pantry once again. Our food pantry uh, over the years had became something, it just it got really all over the place. Um, but we are talking, uh, an option is to start our food pantry. We have a designated day and time on when those that uh, need that assistance, uh, we would meet here and make sure that is uh, current with, with good food uh, um, and be able to meet that assistance. Molly, take a moment and talk about why that, and that is a bigger need than we may know. Yeah, um, so tra trafficking victims, that's the way of life that prostitution, for lack of better words, um, strip club work, however, whatever, sex work, um, is the way of life that they know. That's how they know how to make money. Um, and when they are working on leaving the life, as they call it, um, it's hard. You're, you're starting from scratch because the trafficker provided everything for them. Um, and so when I've worked with clients, I have, when doing budgeting, I have told them, if you need to not budget for something, don't budget for food because of so many food pantries uh, and soup kitchens and things that are available. Um, COVID, as I talked about before, really <laughs> took that away. Um, a lot of them closed down. Um, but because their food, if they don't have food, it's so easy to just, okay, I can make money real quick um, for my kids, for, for myself. Um, so having a food pantry, someplace they can go to get food, can prevent re-entry into the life. How many, you mentioned that lengthy list, about how many other churches are offering this? Ballpark-ish. I have no idea. Since COVID, it's gone down, but then it got, went back up. Um, I just know I had a list at some point, and it was, it was a good amount. It was lengthy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there again, uh, what are we talking about here? We're talking about real, pure religion, not the ones that's exterior. There is a legitimate need right there that I would have never thought that. I would have never thought that that would be the, be the issue. So that is a way that we can intervene, and, and we're showing love. Now, we're not trying to change the world with that step, prevention, intervention. We're just trying to say, hey, we're here. You're, you're in a mess. We're here. We want to help. That, that's, that is an intervention uh, area. Um, but now let's talk about recovery. Okay, your last one. Give us your uh, insight on recovery. Recovery is the longest process. It, it can be a lifelong journey of healing and there's different layers to it and we um, again we are not their savior um, Jesus is the savior and we can't um, individually just make someone be healed um, the prevention and intervention are, are easier in a lot of ways because healing takes so long and everyone's so different um, what people need mostly when they have been traumatized in the context of relationships, healing has to take place in the context of friendships. Mm. And that's what we can be to victims. Um, if people who have been victims come into our church, being their friend, um, 
And that is true hospitality because they're going to have a background and look different and say talk differently than our Christianese that we are used to. Um, and it may be startling, but that is true hospitality to welcome someone into our church home or individual homes. Um, and then not asking some, some basic do's and don'ts, not pushing them to share their story. Let them share it as they want. Um, some people may never identify as a victim, and that's okay. Um, truly, we want people to identify as a child of God first. That, that's what we, as a church, I think we're great at of showing them Jesus um, and then being their friend. Um, and, and just be a normal friend, not always like, oh, is this going to traumatize them again? Um, let, let them share the story, and, um, but, don't, but don't judge or uh, be surprised by the things that they share, because you probably will be. But the best thing uh, clients have said is when someone does share their story and there's no judgment on their face, they can just, they, oh, like I've said, okay, and they're like, what? You're, you're not gonna like kick me out of here? I'm like, no. Like the, this, you, you were loved, you, you were cared for. And um, that, that's the message of how just individually and as a church, we can be for those people. And again, going back to praying, praying for God's healing, pray, pray for everyone in this building um, as I said before, we are all broken and praying for that humility that we can be broken before each other and before God. Um, and that's just going to give us that, that even playing ground, I guess, uh, for welcome, welcoming other vul vulnerable people into our building. I love the way you phrase that. We can, can you befriend people? Can you be friendly? We, we can do that much, right? That, that's all, that, that is a great entry level way of talking about recurring. You don't, need, you don't have to counsel. You don't have to fix anybody on the spot. In fact, if you want to fix somebody, fix yourself. That, that'd be a great place to start. But when we start just by befriending a friend that sticks closer to a brother, we could go through all those scriptures about just be respectable. And, and um, what was that line you used uh, about befriending when there has been trauma in the context of relationships, healing must happen in the context of friendships. Yeah. That is a great line right there. Is that not what happens in our lives as well? We befriend. Sometimes it's your sibling. Sometimes it's your family. But it's that person you can trust. It's that person you can trust. Just think about this. You could be that person that somebody else trusts to get them not only out of that lifestyle, but introduced. All because you're friendly. Introduced to Jesus Christ. All because you care. Again, you won't have to count. That's not it. That's a whole nother level. In fact, when we get to that point, we'll, we'll take care of that. We'll, 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 we'll cover that, that base for you. But that is a great entry part for, for you. Anything else on recovery? Do you have any closing comments as we kind of, um, again, this month, it's Human Trafficking Month in the, our nation. And uh, this isn't our effort just to, yeah, we did it. Now we're going to move on. That's not our goal. Um, there's a lot of information over the last three weeks, but I want to thank you personally, and the church wants to thank you for your, this is a ministry. It's a job, but it's also a ministry. I want to give you a chance to give any last uh, thoughts or words on the whole topic. 
I just want to say thank you to the church and the response that I have heard, um, just the support and prayers for me um, as I as I do this work. Um, and I, mean, I know a lot of people have said, I don't know how you can do it, but um, I think we we all can do it at some point because again, it goes back to I can't emphasize enough we we are not. Uh, the Savior, and that is something um, someone, a professor told me, so I don't want to steal the line, give my professor credit of, at the end of the day, um, Jesus Christ already died. I'm not the Savior, and um, so to answer that question for everyone who has asked me that, um, but just thank you, everyone, for just the passion you guys showed, and I, I hope that we can we can make a difference. Make some steps. Good. Can we say thank you for her work and effort over the last three weeks? Thank you very much. Well, again, when we um, think about this in light of the scripture, we read the book of James chapter 1. In verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows as examples in their trouble. Not when they're cleaned up and got it all figured out, but in their trouble. And to keep oneself unspotted from the world. To be able to minister in your personal life, in our corporate life, without sin affecting us with keeping yourself unspotted from the world that can be challenging why because as we shared last week just a temptation factor you heard me give the example of someone that Molly and I know that goes she's on the spot with Scarlett and and goes into the strip clubs in that hour beat I'm not the guy to go in there I'm not that guy just a temptation factor alone. But to, to minister and to keep yourself unspotted from, from, from that effort, that, that's hard, but it doesn't mean don't do it. So hopefully over the last couple weeks, especially today, you've been challenged to rethink. You can reach out. You can befriend us. Entry-level ways of being able to minister in our church and in your personal lives. So again, this whole month has been different. Uh, today's been a little different as well, but now that we um, see the scripture and we see the need, what are we going to do? What can you do? What will you do about this? Quick question. Has it been good to be at church the month of January? Been informative. Well, I didn't see this coming. I did not necessarily see all this coming, but it has been good to be here that now we can make the steps. Take the next step, the baby step that's going to get us to be well-pleasing unto our Lord. One last comment before I close in prayer this morning is that I am so grateful for Jesus Christ being our Savior. He's our Savior. He is the chief cornerstone of Cross Point Baptist Church. The things that we do, we want to filter through the cross, Awana program. It's uh, over this month, we're, we're kind of looking at it and and the, the, the kids, are, they're coming, they're in, they're, they're, they're learning their verses. They're hearing about Jesus Christ. Not knowing what the future holds, we're still grateful for the cross of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who takes our sin. He, he, don't, he doesn't cover our sin, he takes them away.
He takes our sin away. Think about that. If you are not a genuine believer today, I would encourage you to examine that. Examine that thought. Examine the life book that we just talked about, shared from. And I pray that God's word and God's spirit would do a work in your life way beyond what any person can do. Way beyond that. It's an introduction to your creator. So let's bow in a word of prayer as we are dismissed this morning. Dear Lord, we love you and are grateful for your word for each other. Each other. You've allowed us to meet and assemble like this. I pray that we would be well-pleasing to you as a church body and in our walk with you. We are grateful that in a time when a lot of other churches are struggling on so many levels, Financially, we're not. They're struggling in their spiritual uh, the, uh, atmosphere in the church. We're not. Our struggle, dear Lord, is in physical ailments as of late. So we're hearing these. We are grateful that you're always up to something, even when we're at our worst and feeling our worst. So continue to be with our church body in the way that you always have and you promise to always be. We love you, and we need you, and thank you for this church. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Right before we dismiss from the back to the front, uh, we'll let you know that next week, uh, next Sunday morning, we are potentially going to have a business meeting. So uh, we're looking at the details of that, how to do that. That'd be next Sunday morning. So we want to at least get it out there so people are aware. Church, you are dismissed.